Discover the benefits of CBD. Nature's Gems CBD products provide relief from joint pain, backaches, anxiety, sleeplessness, and more. Nature's Gem offers exclusive discounts just for our listeners, including a great bundle deal so you can sample several different CBD products. Check out all the CBD goodness at naturesgemcbd.com slash AMR. Welcome to the debut episode of Another Mother Runner Answers. I'm Sarah Bowen Shea, and my lovely co-host is Dimity McDowell. Hello, Dimity. Hello, AMR Answers. Woohoo! I know, I know. The the idea for this, uh, well, we, so we've been kind of percolating an idea of, you know, people have sometimes told us, oh, I wish you could record a podcast every day. And I'm like, <laughs> um, that might get a little, a little dull for the listener, uh, a little onerous on us for the workload. Yeah. So, so, um, so we, but we decided to um, it's, I'm not going to call it a spinoff because it's going. This is going to be in the regular AMR podcast feed, at least for the time being. And but we just said, hey, let's um, do something every other week. And then Alex helped us decide that it should be a Q and A, which I love that idea. Um, and then the title for it came to me while I was swimming. Um, because I like that answers is both a noun, as in these are the answers, as and a verb, as in we are an entity, another mother runner, and we answer. We are so, actively answering. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it's um, kind of going back to our roots, you know, it's just you and me, uh, like I said, every other week, and we'll be offering some insight and advice on running, maybe mothering, if people ask us those questions. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I don't know if they want those answers from us. Uh, and the other thing is, it's going to be shorter. We need to make you, yeah. like, do, to be clear, you when you and I get on, we are like, oh, this will be a quick one. And then like 90 minutes later, we're like, wrap it up. <laughs> this one is be, yes. I think we're aiming for 30, right? 30-ish minutes. Yes, 30 to 35, which goes back to our roots too, because that's what originally the AMR podcast was. Remember, we sometimes would be like, oh my gosh, Tim, we went to 40 minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so um, we, our vision for this is to do twice a month, every other Tuesday, but we do need your help, listener. We need questions. Um, and I'll repeat this number at the end and it'll be in the show notes, but um, uh, the number to call uh, for, to record your voicemail because, and it goes to automatically voicemail. The phone does not ring anywhere. It doesn't matter what time of day you call. The number is 470-BADASS-1. That's 470-223-2771. And we'd love if your message could be 90 seconds or less. Uh, start with your name, where you're calling from. Tell us the number of kids you have if you want. And then a bit about your situation and your question. So um, that's and what we're looking for. Yeah. yeah, that's what we're looking for. And so maybe like if you're on a run right now, stop, program this number into your phone, 470-BADASS-1, because we're there in the middle of the night for you. Because again, it doesn't ring anywhere. So you're lying there and you're like, I can't sleep. I'm so nervous about this race. I can't sleep. Should I get up and run? I can't sleep, blah, blah, blah. Just, you, we know your phone is in your bedroom, even though we've told you multiple times not to put it there. Just pull out your little, you know, badass, put us, store us under Bammer and, um, and give us a call. We want to hear your groggy voice in the middle of the night. I love that idea, Tim. That's, that's brilliant. Brilliant. Um, so we were talking a little bit beforehand and it sounds like we both had kind of unusual occurrences on a workout recently. Yeah. Who wants to start? Uh, I say you go first, Tim. Well, I don't, I mean, okay. So, um, so I am doing the swim run uh, in Casco Bay, which is right outside of Portland, Maine. 
in, um, in middle of August. It's the second weekend in August, but don't ask me the dates because I'll get them wrong. And, um, <laughs> and so, uh, so Katie, my, we, you do it with a teammate. And um, so Katie and I were out at this reservoir, um, Chatfield Reservoir. We swim in what's called a gravel pond, which sounds to me like a dirty construction site, but it's actually a lovely um, little body of water that uh, has a little island in the middle. Where you can stand oh. at the sandbar. And um, anyway, so, we, so on Saturday, um, we, so, so swim run, the swim run race, we're going to get in and out of the water six times. So we're running, swimming, running, swimming, running, you know, and so on. Um, and so we have to practice that, right? I mean, that's what, you know, it's like, okay, I can swim the distance um, that I need to swim, mm -hmm. but that's one continuous swim. And as we learned on <laughs> Saturday, things feel a little different after you've run twice and you get back in the water to swim. Oh my gosh, shoulders, <laughs> holy shoulders. But that's another, that's for another time. Um, wow. so anyway, so we're on our last run. So we, so we, we swam, run, swam, run. And you use this little sandbar, um, in the equation? No, 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 no. Actually not. Oh. I would just brought up the sandbar just to give you a nice idyllic look. A little the, color. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we ran, swam, ran, swam, ran, and we're on our last run. Okay. And so the, the pond is, I think from one end to the other, it's about a thousand meters. So we swam to the end uh, from one pond to the other um, and then got out on land there. Um, and then we could run back kind of around the pond to where our, our stuff was. And um, so, and they're doing this a lot of construction out at Chatfield. There's also another bigger lake where you like people put motorboats and stuff on. Um, oh, and they're okay. somehow making it bigger for some kind of water preservation, conservation don't ask me to explain. Mm -hmm. So there's a ton okay. of construction going on and um, we're running by these huge piles of cinder blocks, um, which are like, you know, or I didn't know what it was. It was just huge, huge piles of, I mean, it wasn't gravel. It was like big chunks of road. Well, and Katie's like, oh, that, that must be where they're storing or where they dumped the road that they dug up. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. And um, that's what that is. And uh, she's like, oh, it's a good place for snakes to hide. And I was like, oh, don't even get me started. Okay. Because, um, the day or like two nights before I was with Ben, my 12 year old, and we were watching planet earth two, um, mm -hmm. which is very great. Uh, yes. and the first episode is islands and they have this one Island where these lizards live. And, um, and basically like the lizards are fine once they become adults. Right. But it's that story of, you know, the baby sea turtles getting to the sea, you know, half yeah. of them or 90% don't make it. Well, these little lizards pop out of the ground and honest to God, they're called racer snakes and they come out of nowhere on this island and they, they captured it. I mean, all of a sudden you turn around, I've, you've seen I've it? I've seen that scene. I've seen that oh, scene. It's horrifying. 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 It is horrifying, isn't it? I mean, I like, mm -hmm. you know, and I was like, okay, Ben, I'm going to go brush my teeth because I can't watch this anymore. It came back down. The racer snakes are still on. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I am going to dream about this forever. I mean, I, I can't get it out of my head, right? And he's like, oh yeah, I saw that. And we're talking about it. And then we're running on a gravel road and all of a sudden she yells, snake. And I was like, that's not funny. And she goes, no. And I look, I look down and there is a rattlesnake right in the oh. middle of the gravel road. And honestly, I was like so entrenched in my head that I don't think I would have seen it. I would have probably like kicked it or stepped on it. Oh or God something i mean it was so that was like i mean it's still kind of I'm getting a little nervous my heart is racing just thinking about it i mean it wasn't a huge rattlesnake i would call it a teenager it wasn't baby 
but it wasn't, and it wasn't rattled, right? Like it wasn't, you know, shaking it wasn't its coil. rattled. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that was good. So we just kind of slowly walked around it and it was fine. But I mean, oh my gosh. The, yes. I was that racer in my wetsuit. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, um, so that's what I spotted on my run. What, what did you spot on your workout? Oh my gosh. So, um, mine was more like, um, an urban, um, horror movie. Um, so I was on, um, lovely morning bike ride and I go up this thing called Rocky Butte here in Portland and some, and it's a real grind up one side of it. So I get to the top and I had been listening to, I listen to my aftershocks while I ride cause it allows me to be safe as mother runner and hear the traffic. Um, <laughs> so it's safe. It's safe to wear them. So I was listening to music on the way up and I'll, this will enter into it. And so, um, but, and I got to Ariana, it was a mix and it got to Ariana Grande, dangerous woman. I'm like, Oh no, no, no. You know, now that I've made the climb, I'm going to switch to a podcast. So I start listening to Caliphate from uh, New York times daily. And so I start riding down, enjoying life, cool breeze, the whole thing, go around this curve. And there's a woman, obviously deranged, holding a hatchet, yelling at somebody in the woods. And oh my gosh. Like cray cray woman. Just, oh no. and she's partly in the road and she's just like yelling at this person and, you know, holding up this hatchet. And I'm just staring at the hatchet and she has, you know, she's so focused. She doesn't, it seemed to me she didn't even notice that anyone went by. So I gave her the widest berth I could. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going down the hill pretty fast and um, pull into, there's a Bible college up there. And so I pull into that parking lot and I'm like, I am calling 911. Like, that seems like, uh, like, you know, I'm like, do you call 911? Like, is this, sure. is this enough of an emergency? But then I see a guy riding his bike up the hill and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to go by her really slowly. So I waited and told him, and I said, she seems like she's crazier on drugs. I was just about to call 911. And he goes, yes, definitely do that. I'm like, oh, good. Okay. okay. So I call 911, tell the dispatch operator. And so he wants a description of the woman. So I give, I'm thinking, I was only looking at the hatchet, but I, you know, described her as best I could. And then he said, oh, and you said that she was holding a hatchet. And I'm like, well, it was like, an axe, but with a short wooden handle. I said, that's what you call a hatchet, right? And I'm suddenly like, I haven't had much opportunity in my life to use the word hatchet. <laughs> or, or handle one, right? That, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, so, and he said, yes, that's a hatchet. I'm like, okay. And I tell you, man, I was shaking and I have never ridden faster than I have after that. I mean, I was just leaving me home. dust behind me. And I just was like, Oh my gosh! Like, the, like I, I realized that this is an urban setting, but that was just way too gnarly for me. Um, yeah, yeah, that's scary. That's very scary. I mean, and it's scary for her too, like to be in that state, right? I mean, oh, sure. obviously has and, no control. Yeah, and and you know, and also then like okay, like, why does she have that hatchet? Like, yeah. what is her life? You know, I, uh, you know, I could go out and get you a hoe or <laughs> some shears, you know, to cut some, you know, tr- branches off a tree or something. But like, I don't have a hatchet here in my urban garage in Portland, yeah. Oregon. Sure. So sure. anyway, so, so yeah, that was my excitement for that bike ride. Wow. Um, we needed a hatchet for the rattlesnake and then we would have come full circle. Right, right. That's what we needed. That's what we needed. <laughs> Where's a hatchet when you need one? Uh, exactly. So, so, all right. Well, let's get down to the questions. Um, our first one comes from Ellen in St. Louis. 
Hi, this is Ellen from St. Louis, Missouri. I am so excited about this call-in show, so um, good luck to you guys. Um, so I have been running for about 10 years, and over the past year or two, my passion for running and my mojo and sort of my skill level has really started to dwindle, and I'm not sure why. I work out most days of the week, whether it be trying to run or doing some sort of in-home workout, um, cardio or strength. And what's happening with my running is it's just getting harder and harder. And I'm finding that I'm walking more than running. And I'm not sure why or what to do about it. I love running for the mental health aspect and the way I feel when I'm done. But my motivation and my kind of oomph to get it going is really, really in the tanker, or in the tank, rather. So my question is, has this ever happened to you, and what should I do about it? I've considered hiring a running coach to maybe help kick me back into gear, but I don't really understand how to even find a running coach since I'm not interested in becoming an elite runner. I'm definitely like a back-of-the-packer. So... That's my question. How do I get my mojo back and get it going again? Thanks and good luck with this podcast. Bye. All right, Dim. So dear Ellen wants to know how she can get her mojo back. Um, I mean, like what, what is it? You know, how do you rekindle your love of running? Um, I mean, a little bit of fake it till you make it right. Mm, and that is yeah. um, hard sometimes. Um but if you know that you want to keep doing it, I mean, that's the other thing that needs to kind yeah. of, we need to unpack a little bit. But if you're like, okay, I'm just in a lull, first of all, accept that lulls happen. And second of all, realize that the only way that you get to, you get out of the valley is by starting to climb, right? And mm. so taking those steps to what you need to do to get to that next mountain or your plateau that you want to be on, right? And so faking it till you make it. Okay, I'm going to get up tomorrow morning the time that I know that I need to get up to run and I'm going to run for two miles. I'm going to do that three times this week. Don't, don't, you know, I think sometimes we all get, get so caught up in, um, I've got to go for an hour. Yep. I've got to go for six miles. I've got to go the route that Five I always go. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, if that's your ideal to work back to, yes. But if you are down in that Valley, like, you know, it's a long way to go. So don't put that pressure on yourself, make very attainable goals, to start the climb out so that you can taste success and want to keep going instead of saying, well, okay, I went two miles today, but I usually run six. No, your goal is to run two miles today. Awesome. You did it. Mm -hmm. Check mark. What's up for tomorrow? Um, that's, yeah. I mean, that's one way to do it. If that's interesting to her again, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking add some variety that you'll get excited about the variety so that the running is kind of like a side note to it all. So, um, you know, go to a drive to a part of town you don't normally run in, or, you know, or if your friend's been telling you about some cute store that just came in a couple, you know, a, a mile from you run, say that's the only way you'll go past the window is to run past it or, you know, call up that friend you've been meaning to see for happy hour, but that's never going to happen. So see if she wants to go on a run walk with you. That's sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you could also do it um, as uh, like mixing it up. I'm just thinking about that. That got me thinking like going to the trails, right? Especially mm -hmm. in summertime. I mean, you know, not everyone is covered in snakes and women's women wielding hatchets. Like you're going to be okay out of the trails 99.99% of the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, you know, I know a track might sound um, 
awful to some people, but maybe, maybe the repetition and, and doing an audio book sounds good. Maybe going to a class like an Orange Theory or um, some kind of hit class or something like that where you're, you know, you're mixing it up. Um, mm. There's definitely different things that you can do that will keep you running without having to be the same route, the same place, the same whatever, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Group, a group run, maybe from a, you know, local running store or a women's athletic apparel store, that sort of thing. Uh, but I like your idea about doing um, a high intensity interval training class, because that's going to get in some running without it seeming like a quote unquote run. Yeah. Well, I love that too, because it's, it's quick, right? It's done quickly. It's hard <laughs> when you're in it. Um, but again, you can, you know, I, I mean, I know I've never been to a, a very specific hit class, but I did a lot of Orange Theory um, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And yes, you know, they, we can choose to be on the board or not, right? That's your choice. You don't have to have your heart rate up there or your zone. Right. The there. stats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your stats up there. And secondly, like, you know, it, everybody, there are all levels at that class. So, sure. you know, when they say, you know, push it, you know, maybe your push it that day is six miles an hour where, you know, the guy next to you is going 11 and the woman to the right of you is, you know, is walking at a brisk walk. Like it doesn't really like, it's not like you have to go in and be like, okay, well, I have to be able to run, you know, at eight miles an hour. No, no, you don't. You know? So again, like, you know, you pushing it again is, is it's all relative. So, yeah. I guess my, 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 my message there is don't be intimidated if you don't feel like you don't belong there because, um, cause it take, you know, everybody's there. Yep. Yep. All stripes of runners. So then that sort of leads into, um, Ellen's other part of the question is that she is considering hiring a running coach, but feels, but they're only for elites or pros and, and dim you and I are proof positive, that, <laughs> that, um, you know, middle of the Packers can hire a coach because both you and I have done it several times in our lives. Oh, definitely. They are for all levels. And I, you know, having worked with, so, so let me just put this at the front because I just want to, you know, (laughs) put uh, just because I spend half my day, if not more thinking about the train, like a mother club. I mean, if you want a coach, but without having to commit to a coach, you know, we, we work with a bunch of different coaches in the train, like a mother club, you get to ask them any questions you want during the week, you have access to them, they do podcasts, all that kind of stuff, but it's not a very one on, it's not one on one that intensity that can sometimes come. So if you want to like kind of, I don't know, drive, test drive a coach (laughs) or test drive a coaching situation, that might be a nice way to do it. But if you're set on knowing that you want a one-on-one coach, that's awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. And the only thing that I would say about that and, um, oh, let me back up. What I was going to say about all the coaches that I've worked with slash interviewed slash coached me personally, they really enjoy working with people like us um, because we are, you know, we don't have a ton of pressure to perform, right? Like when you get a great race, awesome. I mean, they're going to help you get a great race, but it's not like, you know, five seconds, um, off a mile is going to make or break whether or not you get on the podium. Right. So that's, and and there's not, there's not prize money on it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. There's not prize money. Um, and then also like, we are like the, the expert multitaskers. Like I, again, like I know it's not the most perfect way to live, um, as a, uh, as you know, as a rule <laughs> for your mind um, and your stress levels. But, um, but, you know, we know how to fit in workouts in the little slices of time that maybe somebody who doesn't quite have our busy lifestyles um, mm-hmm. would see as, you know, not possible. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think that there's, there's a real possibility there. The only thing is I would really make sure 
with a coach, I mean, um, that you spend a little time with them either on the phone first or, I mean, ideally on the phone or person to person is even better. Just meeting them for a cup of coffee or having a, a 20, 20, 30 minute conversation about what your goals are, what you can realistically do. Because if you say, you know what, I really want to, you know, I really want to go under two hours and a half marathon. That's fine. They'll, they'll get your numbers from you. They'll see, you know, how you've raced and they can, they can easily get you there. But if you say, I want to go under two hours and a half marathon, and I really only have five hours a week to work out, that's different than saying, oh yeah, just give me whatever workouts you want. Or, or mm-hmm. I've got, you know, four hours on the weekend when in truth, you only have one. Like mm-hmm. you need to be very honest so that they have, they can put in all, in all the ingredients to get you to success. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You need to be realistic and, and candid about your situation. Yeah. Because yeah. I think a lot of people say they overestimate how much time they have to work out. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, oh, I have seven to 10 hours. And you're like, really? So you have 10 hours. Is that, that means that you're going, you know, two hours, you know, at least twice a week. Oh, mm-hmm. I never do that. Well, then you don't have 10 hours, you know, I mean, that's, and that's okay. But you just have to think about really what you have. Yep. 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 Like a running race, life has its peaks and valleys. While my family had a nice mellow holiday weekend, a peak, I had to cross a valley of stress to get there. I suspect you can relate. So I turned in Nature's Gem CBD gummies to help me get to a calmer place. I ate two gummies, each with 25 milligrams of CBD, about two hours before bedtime to slow my turbulent mind and, bonus points, ease the ache in my lower back. Don't judge. Nature's Gem gummies and its faster-acting oils are THC-free, so it means I feel all the anxiety and pain-easing benefits of CBD without any high. It's why several elite athletes trust and use Nature's Gem products in their quest to qualify for the Olympics. In addition to gummies and oil, Nature's Gem offers a variety of CBD products, such as balms that relieve pain and reduce inflammation. Nature's Gem Rejuvenating Balm is the company's number one selling product and a favorite of mine. Get this, thanks to our long-standing partnership, Nature's Gem now offers weekly specials and offers just for our audience. As I record this, there's $5 off the Rejuvenating Balm, and there's always a special AMR bundle, so you can sample several products to see which one suits your needs best. To find all these deals and more, go to naturesgemcbd.com slash AMR. That's naturesgemcbd.com slash AMR. All right. So the next question comes from Sarah from Lionel Lakes, Minnesota. Sarah's a mom of four, including 21-month-old twins. Cute. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I'm calling from Lionel Lakes, Minnesota. I have four kids, six, four, and 21-month-old twins. I, up until now, have been mostly a casual runner, 5Ks and 10Ks at the most. I just started a training plan for the Twin Cities 10-mile race in October. I wrote down all of the race, all the runs, training runs in my planner, and looking at them makes my stomach hurt, and I'm very intimidated. So I was wondering if you have any advice for somebody starting their very first training cycle. Thank you. All right. So, Dim, I think um, as leader of the Train Like a Mother Club, you are very well set up to, to give advice about somebody starting their very first training cycle. Well, and you're, training, you're starting your training cycle for what I consider to be one of the best 
races in this country. I mean, I love the 10 mile in the Twin Cities. There's nothing that isn't lovely about that whole race experience. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, that means that now that we're going to be there, of course, the, the there'll be like a whole AMR train, like a mother contingent there in October and it's going to rain. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not because I'm, pro- I'm probably not doing the race. So it means it's going to be gorgeous weather. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so first of all, it's really exciting and know that you cannot fail you know, the biggest thing you want to do in any time you're taking on a new distance, whether that's 10K, 10 miles, half full, is you want to stay injury-free and you mm-hmm. want to cross the finish line with a smile on your face. And so if you can meet those two goals, you've won. You have won. And um, you need to get there, though, um, by following the training plan mm-hmm. as diligently as you can. And that means all parts of the training plan. That doesn't mean um, you know, just doing the running, if you have foam rolling on it, if you have strength on it, if you have stretching or yoga or Pilates or whatever, you know, you have picked that works right for your body. You know, it's not um, like as Coach MK says in, uh, in um, the Train Like a Mother Club, it's not a buffet. You don't get to pick the parts you want to eat and like leave the rest, you know, just walk by them and not put it on your plate. So, um, I mean, that's the best way to, to um, guarantee success. But, but obviously that can be overwhelming, right, Sarah? It can be because, you know, you look as, as Sarah has, the other Sarah has realized that, you know, she's, she's put it all, you know, great move, put it in your planner, schedule it like you do in, you know, a, a dentist appointment. And then, but then looking at all of that all at once is so, like, what do you mean I have to run nine miles on September 10th or whatever it is. And so it, you know, as we often say about a race, you got to chunk it up. And so, you know, we're not asking Sarah in Lionel Lakes to run 10 miles today. She's going to follow a training plan that will get her to be able to run 10 miles at a, you know, race pace that she's happy with at the beginning of October. So just focus on maybe July or maybe just this week and, you know, don't look ahead. Don't, it's, you know, you know, you don't watch, you know, the, don't read the final chapter of the book before, you know, getting through the rest of it. You know, you don't want to spoil it for you. And so that, right. So that, you know, if, if, if the entire episode is, season is on Netflix, don't watch the first episode, the last episode first. So, so, you know, just take it one episode. Let's stay with the Netflix analogy. Just take it one episode at a time. Well, and that can even mean one day at a time too, Mm -hmm. right? That really can mean like, what's today? Okay. I mean, and and knowing of course that, you know, you probably have to work in your runs and your workouts around other, you know, moving parts of your family. Um, So, you know, scheduling it is key and it sounds like you've already kind of got that down, but, but knowing like, don't look too far ahead. I mean, I remember, you know, when I used to train really hard, I could get really worked up about a workout on Saturday Mm-hmm. on Monday, right? Like mm-hmm. five days before it, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I have to do this super long bike ride. I have to do this super long run. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And all it does is <laughs> make your stomach churn, as you said, other mm-hmm. Sarah and Lionel Lakes. And um, it also like eats up energy that yep. you don't need to give it, you know, because you mm-hmm. know what, you're going to, no matter what, not no matter what, but you know, 90% of the time you're going to lace up on Saturday morning and you're going to go. And so whether you worry about it before or not, the run is going to be what it is. So yeah, yeah. don't worry about it, right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't so, make sense. Yeah. So, so don't worry about it. You can do things to prepare for it. So that means, you know, being, as you were saying, doing all the, the pieces in the training plan. But, you know, if you know you have a big race on, or sorry, big run on Saturday, maybe, you know, say no to that second glass of wine on Friday night or um, get off your feet 
uh, when you can, you know, leading up, you know, the day before or whatever, so that to set yourself up for success in the workout that might be, you know, kind of somewhat daunting to you, but you know, you're, you're going to get through it. And the training is leading you there. It is all building upon itself to make you strong and capable for successive for subsequent workouts. Absolutely. Yeah. Just trust the, trust the training and just take it the same way. It's such a cliche, but you'd eat an elephant, just like one bite at a time, one mile at a time, and, and you'll get there slowly. Um, and it's really fun. I mean, I think, you know, the training process, the first couple times through when you, you know, when, you know, that five miler all of a sudden doesn't feel as hard this week mm-hmm. as it did three weeks ago. It's like really cool. It's cool to see your legs get stronger. It's cool to see mm-hmm. your miles add up in Strava or on your GPS or whatever. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. lot of really cool things to celebrate. So, you know, mm-hmm. be also pretty present um, with what you have done um, instead of worrying about what you're going to do or what oh. you have to do. That's fabulous advice, Timothy. Oh, hey, thanks. Well done, well done. So the final question of this episode is comes from Barb from here in Portland. Woo woo. Barb is a mother of two teen boys, and her question is pretty much the converse of Sarah from Minnesota's question. Hi, Sarah. This is Barb from Portland. My biggest question is how do you continue to run for joy after a training cycle and a race is through, and you're not sure when your next race or training plan may begin. Um, Hopefully that is concise and sums it all up. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Okay, Dim. So how to stay in training shape without actually being on a training plan for a specific race. Um, That is, that is hard actually. That is really hard. And um, you can stay in training shape, but you can't stay in race shape. And there's a difference between the two. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to realize that in order to, race really well, which it sounds like Barb has done, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, um, you know, after you've done that, there's going to be a fall, right? There's, you know, all the elite athletes, like what does, I'm, I'm making this up, but I know I've seen versions of this. What does Kara Goucher do after the New York City Marathon? She goes to Hawaii right. for two weeks. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, you know, maybe not, but that's the idea. Right. And then, mm-hmm. and then she lets herself fall a little more, or actually this is a, this is, this is a true life example. Stephanie, um, how Violet, who is the ultra coach in the train, like a mother club. So she just did the Western States 100, which I know is a hundred miles, but I mean, it doesn't matter. She worked herself up to that. She performed well on that race. She was, she's planning on taking the whole month of July off. Mm. That means like not running for a couple weeks. And then that means riding her um, cruiser bike around and doing hikes and seeing friends. And, you know, obviously she's at a different level than us because she's got, you know, sponsorships and, you know, big races and that kind of thing. But the idea is, is that she goes through the same valleys and plateaus we talked about with the first question, right? And Mm -hmm. that is the way that the human body functions best. You can't just stay on the top of the mountain. There's no oxygen up there, right? <laughs> you can be there for race day and then you got to come down and you've got to rest and rejuvenate in the valleys and the green and the lush. And then you can work that your way back up. But trying to yeah. keep yourself on one plateau the whole time is just going to set you up for injury and burnout, in my opinion. And also then it becomes that much harder to go one step higher above that peak. Sure. You know, because you're just kind of redlining it the whole time. And so then to find some secret sauce, some extra workouts, some some different training techniques to push you to a higher level, maybe to, to, to set a new PR or whatever it is, 
it's, it's just like you're looking around and there's absolutely no tools at your, you know, at your disposal to reach that new goal. Whereas if you had let your body, you know, settle down a little bit, give it the rest it needs, then you can rebuild stronger. You know, I'm thinking of the $6 million man almost, but you know. Yeah, that- no, it's true. I mean, that's true. You know, the magic happens during the rest periods. Now, what is different when, and um, just thinking a little bit more about her question is talking about she doesn't have a schedule, right? And a lot of us like a schedule. We like to cross off, you know, our training. We like to turn the green, the boxes green and training peaks, like whatever it is. And that, that's not to say you can't do that. Yeah, can't do that with a marathon at the end of it. So, you know, maybe you make a schedule for two weeks of, you know, rest. And these are the fun things I want to do with myself or my family, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can still have that kind of sense of satisfaction, you know, and then coming back into it, you know, um, you know, picking a race that is, that is um, an appropriate distance out, you know, so if you, if, you know, if you're hungry to run another marathon, that's, you can do that. Just don't do another marathon in a month. Do a marathon in six months. Give yourself, you know, a three-month training cycle and take those next, the two months leading up to prior to when the training cycle starts to get some runs in, but try yoga, go to body pump, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. your body um, also responds to, to doing some different things sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's not, we want you moving. We want you moving, you know, five to six days a week. We just don't want you marathon training five to six days a week. So, you know, how are you going to move? Yeah, and I think it's during these, um, let's call it fallow periods, if we think about a a planting cycle, (laughs) that's when when you have the freedom to do some workouts that I, I suspect when Barb's training for a marathon, you know, she'll hear a friend talking about cycle bar, orange theory, or whatever it is, and be like, oh, I wish I could do that, but I'm on such a tight schedule right now, I can't fit it in. Well, yeah, and you shouldn't be doing, you know, cycle bar classes in the middle of a very intense marathon cycle, you know, I mean, depending upon what your goals are and where your, where your training is. So yeah, so exactly, this is the time to do it. And, mm-hmm. and you can still do hard things. You can go for a long bike ride. You could go for a long hike. You can, mm-hmm. you know, challenge yourself in the pool. You can challenge yourself on the tennis court. I mean, there's a lots of ways to still feel, is it, is it exactly the same as a 10 mile run with four miles of tempo in it? No, but is it good enough? And is it going to set you up to be able to get into that marathon Mm -hmm. frame of mind when your body and mind and spirit need to? Yes. So, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to let go of it because you feel so good and you feel so fit and you want to be able to just carry that on. But you just, you, you just have to rationally tell yourself that the body is not meant to stay on the mountaintop, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, Dim, I think that wraps it up. I, I, uh, we both want to remind people, remember, I think, Dim, your suggestion to program the number into your phone is a brilliant one. It is, uh, <laughs> it is 470-BADASS-1. What, what does that equate to? It translates to 470-223-2771. Again, 470-223-2771. Dim and I would both like to urge you to subscribe to the AMR podcast so you don't miss an episode, either of our regular show every Friday or this new Q&A one every Tuesday. And keep the questions coming. We're here with the answers. And no snakes and no hatchets. (laughs) 